Diocese of Churches for the Sake of Others is pleased to present the C4SO podcast, a place to celebrate the voices and values of C4SO. C4SO is a national diocese of the Anglican Church in North America, led by Bishop Todd Hunter. You can learn more about us at c4so.org. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the C4SO podcast. I'm your host, Ben Sternke, and I'm here with Bishop Todd Hunter. How are you today, Todd? Hey, Ben. I'm well, and uh, you're looking particularly good, I got to say. Yeah. Well, Particularly. The, the listeners, listeners can't see, but I, I just shaved my head. So yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my way of cutting my hair these days. So it's, uh, it's, it's easy. I'll give myself that. So, um, all right. Well, uh, before we dive in, uh, a couple announcements. Um, actually, just one announcement. During the month of May, as part of our celebration of Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, C4SO is amplifying the voices of our Asian American brothers and sisters in a step towards our kingdom vision of racial and ethnic diversity. So we're doing Visio Divina with the artwork of Chinese artist He Chi on Sundays, and we're learning about uh, Asian American heroes, hearing from Revelation 7-9 Task Force leader Jin Cho on various experiences of anti-Asian racism in the U.S. And we're also hosting a discussion of the Oscar-winning nominate, or sorry, Oscar-nominated movie Minari on Thursday, May 27th at 7.30 p.m. Links to all that stuff and uh, to register for that discussion are in the show notes if you're interested. Uh, We're continuing our series today on reimagining church for a post-COVID world. Last week, we talked about leadership, uh, just overall leadership of our churches during this time and moving forward. And this week, we want to talk about uh, this very specific issue of physical space, uh, worship space um, specifically. Um, Todd, why did you want to make sure we covered this topic uh, during our series? Well, synonymous with the people of God or synonymous with church is meeting, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, the people of Israel met. I mean, all through the early career of Jesus in the synoptics, we find him going to synagogue. And so Mm -hmm. the church has always met, and that means proximity, and that means some sort of physical space. And obviously in COVID, that's been an enormous challenge. Mm -hmm. And as we start moving into the various, you know, phases of states from, you know, like California, I think, does it red, yellow, green, and, you know, other states do level one, four, five, or whatever. Um, As we start getting into that, I think it's going to be a challenge um, because space has now been sort of made a boogeyman because of COVID. And I get that. I don't mean that to like in any way be a COVID minimizer. I just mean what's always been neutral or prized now feels contaminated. Mm -hmm. And that feels like a big deal to me for the church moving forward because we pray together and we sing together and we pray for each other and we read the scriptures to each other and we comment on them. And of course, we've all done our best to do it online through COVID. But I think finding our, our way back to the beauty of physical space and and not it just being contaminated, I think yeah. feels like a leadership challenge. Yes. Yeah. We just, uh, we, the, um, the episode that the discussion you're about to hear listeners, uh, we just recorded, um, before this. And so, um, maybe Todd, you could comment on this. And, and one of the things that, um, Trish and Matt and Todd all talked about on, in this discussion was that um, outdoor worship has been a key part uh, of all of this. You know, now that we've heard that's less than 10% of uh, COVID 
uh, is spread uh, through outdoor gatherings. And so there's just a lot less chance of catching it. And so um, a lot of the assembly, right? right. I mean, even ecclesia, right? It means the yeah. assembly. Mm-hmm. And so even um, a lot of that has been moved outdoors. Um, and that's been interesting to hear. It's been interesting to hear people comment on um, how refreshing that's been, you know? And so I don't know if you have any reflections on that, maybe before we dive into this discussion, but um the difference between you know physical space that's enclosed with walls yeah. and a ceiling versus physical space that is uh, also participating in in the you know the space that everybody else right. is you know so yeah. neighbors can hear the worship songs and you know whatever else so yeah. I don't know if there's any reflections you have on that. Well, it's a it's a miniature version of what I was saying earlier that sometimes any space feels sort of contaminated. Now, like I find myself. Um, and here in Tennessee, we're still wearing masks virtually everywhere. Uh-huh. And so even if I pass somebody in an aisle of a store or, I don't yeah. know, I'm at Home Depot or something, you even outside, you kind of feel like I got to give a wider berth than yeah. I used to. So yeah. I think there's still a little bit about there, but I, but I see your point. Yeah. I think what most people will miss that they cherished about indoor work, uh, worship space is the symbols of worship. Right. Um, some of those can be transported outside, obviously, but the sense of a sacred space for most people means, yeah. as you said, inside four walls somewhere. Well, yeah. um, lots of the church the world over meets outside and don't think mm-hmm. anything of it. Right. And for them, they find beauty, like you said, in the blue skies and the white billowy clouds and the green trees and mm-hmm. the red dirt or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, it doesn't surprise me that, mm-hmm. like, you know, sincere, good hearted people are, in a sense, making the best of or discovering. Uh, the sort of God-given beauty that exists outside of, quote, a sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's been interesting for us. You know, right now we're in a phase where we are worshiping outdoors if the weather serves. Yeah. Which is a very different kind of worship gathering than indoors. And we go indoors with masks, um, you know, if we, if we need to. Um, And we just, we just started gathering. We have a kneeling rail inside. Yeah. We just started regathering around the kneeling rail because, you know, there's new evidence that's like, you can't really catch it from surfaces. It's more of an airborne thing. Um, And it felt, it simultaneously felt wonderful and weird. Yeah. um, Yeah. To, to do that. And we had to sort of speak about that and just say like, this, this feels weird. Um, And you don't need to come if you don't want to, and we'll come to you, your seat, serve you communion there if you'd like, and that kind of thing. But I was just struck by, like, it's interesting, like, we we reinstituted that, but if the weather's nice, we're going to be outdoors next week. We're not going to actually gather at the kneeling rail, and so there's this ambiguity that our congregation, at least right now, is feeling in terms of, like, what's worship going to feel like week to week? Yeah. It depends on the weather. You know? Yeah, I'm hoping as listeners hear this episode that, uh, to use a sports analogy, if you think of, like... Um, uh, is it Usain Bolt, you know, who runs the 100 meters in the Olympics, yeah. you know, fastest yeah. man in the world, the last yeah. I knew. You know, think of the way he charges through a finish line yeah. and is in a new reality mm. versus thinking of baseball where somebody slides into second base. And I think we're all going to go through a period of sliding into a new reality, as you're saying, mm. like, wow, this is good, but it feels sort of weird. Are we okay? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think we're going to run through a finish line and be in a new reality. We're going to have to slide into it. So mm. I just wanted leaders to have a, a chance to think about yes. what would it mean to slide into this uh, new reality um, given how much emphasis has been on, like I said, the negativity of physical space. Yes, yes. Well, I uh, think the conversation will serve that purpose very well. So, Thank you, Ben. Always great to see you. Yep. All right. 
Welcome, everybody, to part two of our series, Reimagining Church for a Post-COVID World. Today, our topic is reimagining the use of physical space in the church. And I'm joined by three guests who have been actively leading churches in our diocese through the pandemic. The Reverend Canon Trish Nelson is the executive pastor of Christ Church Anglican in Kansas City and also C4SO's Canon for Ordinations. Welcome to the C4SO. Po- Welcome back to the C4SO podcast, Trish. You've been on here before. I couldn't stay away, Ben. It's one yeah, of my favorite places we, to be. It's good we to have to get you back. You. Yes. Um, very good. Glad to have you. The Reverend Matt Brown is here as well. He's the senior pastor of Christ the King in Brooklyn, New York. Welcome, Matt. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great to see you. And then finally, the Reverend Todd Fisher is the pastor of Christ Church Broad Ripple in Indianapolis, Indiana. Welcome, Todd. Hi, Ben. Right down the street from you. Right down the street. Uh, two two times in a row on this podcast, we've had churches from Indianapolis. It's just the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, there's no favoritism. Uh, you'll have to believe me on that one. Go Hoosiers. Um, go Hoosiers. Uh, welcome. Well, my daughter goes to Purdue, so we'd say go Boiler Boiler Rangers, up. So. Boiler up. All right. So welcome to the C4SO, C4SO podcast, everybody. I'm really thankful that we get to hear from you all today. Um, today's topic, as we said, is physical space. Um, and I, I've just re- been reflecting, I think one of the most difficult aspects of this pandemic has been the disruption that it's caused uh, in our ability to be together physically. And so that that is, you know, worshiping together, being in one another's homes, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but our instinct, you know, I was just reflecting like our instinct in hard times like these is to get together, right? It's to be together. It's to be able to comfort each other, uh, to hold each other, to to be in proximity to each other. Um, the church has always done her best work by gathering people together. And um, that's part of the, um, the particular perniciousness, you could say, of this pandemic has been it has disrupted that very instinct that the church has uh, to be together in order to gather together in physical space. Um, so, you know, a lot of churches, in order to love our neighbors by curbing the spread of the virus, we, you know, we canceled groups, we canceled worship service, we move everything online, you know, we've done all kinds of things. So I want to have a discussion today um, with the three of you about what you've been seeing, what you've been learning, what you've been planning as it regards the use of physical space for worship. Um, and I know there's a variety, there's some variety in, in this space and obviously in our diocese as well um, for how churches have been navigating this question. And it's based on all kinds of factors, geographic location, local ordinances, church size, all that kind of thing. So maybe to kick off our discussion, I'd love to hear some of the history of how each of your churches handled the pandemic. So just give us a brief sketch of the church, you know, maybe church size that kind of helps us get a, a grasp on, you know, um, uh, yeah, just the different aspects of um, church life, you know, that, that each of us are, are grappling with here. Um, and just, yeah, give us a history. Like, how did you handle this when it first came down? And then how has that evolved over time? Um, give a, if you can, a brief history in 14 months, of 14 months of pandemic uh, church life. Trish, maybe we can start with you. You bet. Um, one of the things that we fell into, I'm, I go to Christ Church, uh, serve at Christ Church Anglican in Overland Park. We also have a church plant Christchurch mission. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that happened for our people that was really fortuitous and led by our senior pastor was a, a way of d- making decisions. And what happened was uh, Bishop Todd, if you'll remember at the very beginning of this uh, pandemic said, would you all please be cautious and would you adhere to the guidelines of your community? Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that, we had a couple of 
infectious disease experts, doctors that actually go to our two churches, okay. which was a fantastic resource. Yeah. And our senior pastor said, let's listen to Bishop Todd. Let's listen to the people who are actually doctors in our context and then hear the unity of our vestry or our parish council. And we will make our decisions based on those matrices. Hmm. And that's what we did. And that has stood us. We've been able to react yeah. in all the changes and all the yeah. fluctuations by doing those three things. So if yeah. that one thing that I learned was having a way of being in a pandemic was our one of our greatest blessings. Yeah. So did you guys go online? Like just in we brass did. Yeah. We went. On, we ended up being uh, video stars. We did Zoom <laughs> podcasting. We did. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, we did it. Anything that we could. We got everybody on text. So mm-hmm. now all of our all of our people are texting uh, uh, yeah. updates. It's yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. a technological revolution in Overland Park, Kansas. Yeah. Okay. So you went online, you tried to communicate online, tried to be online, but basically as far as the physical space, especially worship for worship, that, that was sort of, uh, that was not happening uh, during that the, was happening. The the yeah. We actually did have a, uh, a few, uh, gatherings of that met all of our guidelines that were extremely cautious that involved mm-hmm. masks and a ton of hand sanitizer and major distancing uh, we did some morning prayers. We did some gatherings yeah. until we absolutely had to shut down completely. Okay. Very good. Thanks. Uh, Matt, how about you guys? Give us a little bit of your context there in Brooklyn. Yeah, a little bit of a context. Uh, unique to us, we are actually replanting a a church here as an Anglican congregation. Okay. And, uh, and this was a smaller Presbyterian congregation that was part of a network that I started uh, before coming into C4SO. And last year before uh, the pandemic, uh, the leaders of this congregation asked me if I would pastor them through the next season of their of their ministry. And I told them that I was already in process to go into the Anglican Communion so that they could join me if they would like, and then I would be happy to pastor them accordingly. Mm-hmm. So they agreed to that. Then the pandemic hit, yeah. And so we did uh, online services for a few months, and then I decided that the best course of action would be to have a clean break from our our previous existence as a congregation. So we took the summer months off completely. Mm. No gatherings at all? No gatherings at all by mm. Zoom. Um, okay. We were doing Zoom worship before then, and then we, and then we started up in the fall. And we started having Sunday afternoon worship services in a park called Cadman Plaza in in Brooklyn. Okay. And so we were gathering in person for that and having communion outside. Uh, and then, because our our church is called Christ the King, we also decided that we were going to launch our in person worship services on Christ the King Sunday, November twenty second, <laughs> and. There was a lot of discussion that preceded that. Yeah. Um, And being here in New York, there was a lot of caution. um, And people are still very cautious, uh, but getting less so because Mm -hmm. our numbers are great finally. But one of the things that we decided was there is no chance in the world that going to church was less, was more dangerous than going to Trader Joe's. Uh, And so... (laughs) <laughs> when you go to Trader Joe's, 
or Costco, you are, we're, you know, you're just rubbing shoulders with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so we decided, well, we can start in-person worship service. Um, and then, and we'll, and we do a simultaneous live stream and whoever's comfortable can, mm-hmm. can come and worship with us. And so we started and it was very tiny. Uh, we had, I think about 11 people and, as time has gone on, thing, people have gotten a little bit more comfortable, and I think we're now up to about 40 to 50 on a Sunday. And mm. so it's been, it's been great. And, yeah. and people are getting more comfortable, and, and I've described to our vestry that this whole season, all the way through summer, is just a soft launch. And when we yeah. get to the fall, we're really going to figure out who we are as a congregation, and then, yeah. we, can, and then we can go from there. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting that, you know, one of the things that Bishop Todd has been saying is that uh, every church sort of feels like a church plant in some ways. Um, and you guys, you guys actually had that experience of, of uh, in a way, planting during a pandemic. And there were, several churches have, you know, they had previous plans to plant, you know, they didn't know the pandemic was coming. But um, it strikes me as that you guys have uh, also been able to do that. And it's, it's interesting that um, you just kind of set that date of Christ the King Sunday and met, and I'm assuming indoors, if it, you know, New York in November and December is not, yep. you're not going to meet in that park anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we were indoors and we were socially distanced. We mm-hmm. have a, we rent a sizable church building and we taped off every other pew and mm-hmm. put tape, you know, alternating X's where people yeah. and families couldn't sit. And so, and most people felt safe and everybody kept, keeps their mask on. And I serve communion with a mask and it's, yeah. it's okay. okay. It's weird. <laughs> it is. That's, it's really weird. That's been my uh, comment almost every Sunday. Uh, this feels weird, right? Yeah, it's weird. So, uh, Todd, how about you guys? It is weird. <laughs> Affirmed. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Christchurch is a new-ish plant. I don't know, after three years, are we still a plant? Uh, Easter of 2018. I'm, I'm claiming um, that for like 10, yeah, yeah. 15 I, years. I, I think receive that. Until we're 100 years old, yeah, we're still planting. So. And anyway. in March of 2020, we were just a few months into our third building. You guys know about that. Mm-hmm. And um, finally felt like we were in the right geography. Um, we're uh, renting space from, uh, can, can I name, uh, it's a United Methodist church. Sure. Yeah. And, um, had a, a good situation where they don't use their children's rooms and we had a bunch of kids and, uh, we were meeting at nine o'clock. They meet at 11 and, uh, the wheels were in motion. Things were going well. And then what happened to everybody happened to us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, one of our, our brands is like uh, lo-fi, you know, um, you know <laughs> not, not much technology going on. And that worked out well until it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, somebody from our, our church, like 24 hours from that Sunday that we were told that we couldn't gather, said, um, there's a thing called Zoom. He's mm-hmm. like, tell me more about this. <laughs> and he said, um, I have a, a corporate account. We can get a whole bunch yeah. of people onto it. And so... Um, yeah, within within hours of our first Zoom gathering, we were figuring out Zoom, and um, yeah. we went online until the summer. Um, the uh, space that we meet in, there's a a really large I don't know what you would call it, like an overhang um, for that they must have installed it for older folks so that they wouldn't have to get out of their cars in the rain, and oh, yeah. um, 
it's it's big enough that um, we could fit if it was raining. Um, I think forty to fifty people um, socially distanced <laughs> underneath it. And so um, over the summer we started um, having, if we could, in-person gatherings there. And mm-hmm. so we we met outside um, over the summer, but a pretty small group of folks um, showing yeah. up for that. And we continued to do that off and on until um, until it was too cold. And I think that we're all geographically in that similar sort of a space that mm-hmm. um, there were there were a couple of November Sundays that we we got together in person outdoors. Yeah. And um, in the midst of all this, we started um, considering uh, something that is is you know where 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 I physically am right now. Um, we were. Um, meeting at nine o'clock, nine o'clock is okay. Mm-hmm. 10 o'clock is a great time. That's better for me to, to have a gathering. And uh, so the, the Zoom gathering at 10 o'clock, when we were coming back in person, we were like, would it be possible to be physically in person at 10 o'clock? And um, the, the very large basement that I, I showed you earlier that mm-hmm. hadn't been really used in decades, needed a little bit of attention. And just two weeks ago, we did a very light remodel. We don't own the building, but um, mm-hmm. we put some um, money and and uh, sweat equity into the basement. And now we have a large flex space. Um, we've shortened our gathering time because we still have a number of folks who are um, connecting in with us online. So um, we now meet at 10 o'clock, weather permitting, outdoors, but okay. uh, Ben Hoosier, you know, last Sunday was crazy rainy. Yeah, so w- yeah. that was our first indoor gathering okay. in over a year. And the Ooh, basement space wow. worked out well for us. Uh, looks like the forecast is this Sunday is going to rain again. Yep, yeah, that's and we'll just assume that every, every Sunday it will rain. Um, <laughs> yeah. Our Easter gathering was, um, there, there's a lovely courtyard here. And yeah. uh, the Easter gathering was was great, well attended. And we're in um, an interesting part of our city where when we have outdoor gatherings, especially because we moved from the parking lot overhang into the courtyard. And when we're in the yeah. courtyard, um, there's, you know, basically it's a, it's an open worship um, gathering. And a mm-hmm. lot of people are going by on a Sunday morning. It's a mm-hmm. place with a lot of uh, uh, breakfast spots that people are like parking on the street and going, going to brunch. And it's been very interesting to be declaring the gospel just out there publicly yeah. with um, yeah. folks kind of stopping as they're walking their dogs and listening. And, um, and so the ideal situation for us right now, um, at least weather permitting, is actually to be outside. The majority of our folks feel more comfortable outside yeah. they can social distance yeah. and um, also the ability to stick around afterwards and talk with each other and things like mm-hmm. that. So, Hey, Todd, can, right I ask, can I ask you a question, Todd? Did you end up uh, Zooming when you can't be outside or do you only go interior or did you keep any of your online stuff uh, in the event of not being able to worship in, in a gathered space? Yeah, so um, good question. Um, we have continued to have a, a Zoom that, you know, it's on our website and um, we've got a number of folks who are part of the church who at least for the time being are not going to be coming in person. And so they're still Zooming in with us. So I try while while preaching in person to turn to the camera and maybe direct something towards the, um, the Zoom. We also have a Facebook Live and, and actually have some folks who aren't necessarily immediately part of our um, uh, worshiping community who seem to appreciate what we're doing and are watching us on Facebook Live. So Matt, do you also do that? 
Uh, we live stream our service, and uh, I'd love to tell you that there are thousands of people tuning in every week. They are not. Um, it's probably like my parents and maybe <laughs> 10 other couples, uh, you know, 10 families. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's okay. I think the debate for us is when are we going to cut that off? Uh, I don't intend to do that forever. Um, and I, that was my next question. When are you going to cut that off? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. We're starting to discuss that. Um, I, I would not be sad to be done with that sooner rather than later. Hmm. I don't love it. I don't think it's a huge outreach tool for us. Um, it may be for some churches, hmm. but you know, I have a, I have a face for radio, so I don't really need to. I don't really need to be, to be on live the, stream yeah. every week. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. I, I think that we do have some folks who are really, their families are. They've got some family members who are really highly at risk, and yeah. they want to be with us. So we're going to try to accommodate them as long as we can. But we're yeah. not doing live stream longer than we have to. Ben, do you mind if I turn the tables and say you, um, interviewer guy, um, what are you guys doing at the table? Um, Yeah, right now we're doing something very similar to what uh, Todd mentioned um, and Matt, really. We've we've gone to, through through the winter, um, so when when the pandemic first hit, we went online and we we did a Zoom call again. So we didn't, I like the, I like the Zoom call um, feel. Uh, a bit more than the live stream sort of video projection feel because it, it feels like it's a meeting, you know what I mean? And we just pray the liturgy together and, you know, you can preach on Zoom and you can just do everything you need to do. Um, we started uh, over the summer and the fall, last summer and fall, uh, meeting outdoors when it was, um, when the weather uh, cooperated and we were online when it didn't. Um, and we did that through the winter. Um, and then we just recently changed uh, to to meeting we're going to meet outside when we can and then now indoors when we can't um and so we've just come back into i mean this this past sunday you know like todd mentioned the weather was pretty bad and we we were in our we were in our indoor worship space for the first time in several weeks um several people who joined the church from like during covid it was their first time ever being in the building that we'd spent several you know a couple of years in uh, worshiping. And so uh, it was really interesting. Um, it's, it, it, I'd love to hear from you guys as well. Like what, what has, I feel like this is sort of, it's thrown everything up in the air as far as our like relationship to physical space. Um, and I wonder what surprised you, what's, what's been revealed, um, that maybe a, a challenging surprise or maybe a pleasant surprise about your church's relationship to physical space as it regards worship. Like, has anything come to mind that, it's like, you know, I didn't anticipate this, or this has been surprising for me to notice or see. Um, anybody got something there? Yeah, our church is 60 years old, and we have uh, people who have gone there their whole lives or have had multiple generations go there, and I thought they would be very attached to the space and miss it. Mm. And in some ways, that's true, they did, but not half as much as they miss the other people. Mm. I cannot tell you about how the uh, the pandemic has made the church embodied yeah actually more real to me i always knew it up in my head that that is who we are and gathering as a people is more than the primary thing that we do 
but yeah. this really just made it visibly so stark. The, mm. the tears and the uh, joy came from people seeing other people's faces, not from yeah. seeing a building. Yeah. Yeah. Others? You guys have any? Yeah, I would say there are a number of advantages and disadvantages to um, pastoring church plants in dense urban areas like Brooklyn. Mm. Um, One of them is that uh, we've never actually owned our own church building. Mm. And so we have had that benefit um, of not relying on a particular space for our fellowship. Um, and, and I think it's, as was just mentioned, when we, when you don't rely on a space, you really are leaning on just one another's presence. Um, and so in urban areas, you are finding third spaces to be even more important. Hmm. Um, and so now our third spaces are still mostly outdoors. So we, we go to parks, um, and we try to have as many, social events and gatherings and service projects and things in parks as we possibly can. And then we are, are, we are gathering in person on Sunday afternoon still. And we decided even to have fellowship after church. So we're doing, we're putting a lot of effort into um, having food and drink and whatnot, following our afternoon services. And people are really enjoying that and they're spending a lot of time there, but I don't think it's because of the space so much, but it's really, just enjoying one another's company. Yeah. Yeah. So I hear you both naming that the, the value of physical space was somewhat relativized by the pandemic mm-hmm. in the sense of like, you know what, maybe we can live without that, or maybe this could change, or maybe this, you know, what's important is being together. What's important is um, the church yep. as, as people. Yeah. That was a great way to articulate that. We've done uh, a lot of our services recently outside as well in our parking lot. In our parking lot, it's pretty, but it's not, you know, <laughs> it's not yeah. optimal. Yeah. Um, but the joy and the worship, that was another thing. But the, the worship can really happen boisterously anywhere. Yeah. And it has been delightful. And we're right on the uh, at an inter- a busy intersection. So we're doing mm. some, some outreach that I never expected before. And our music is going over our neighborhood. And that's been yeah. just a lot of fun. Yeah. It's great. I, I feel like I got to see your parking lot. You, you described it as... Uh, did you describe it as beautiful? I said it's not particularly beautiful. It's, oh, it's not, not optimal. Our yeah, gardens see. around our parking okay. lot, right. gorgeous. All right. But no, not the parking I misheard lot. you. I thought you, I thought you asserted that you know your parking lot was beautiful. I was like, that's amazing. How do you make a parking lot beautiful? Just, working, on it. That. working on it. Working on it. Facilities working yeah. on it. Um, anything from you, Todd? Anything that surprised you about? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've always known that. You know, I, I'm in the pastoral um, business because I, I believe the gospel, but I also like people. Like, and I like mm-hmm. to be with people. And I remember our first gathering over the summer. Like, I was like giddy to be in these people who I love in their physical presence. Mm-hmm. And and I, you know, had a new appreciation because this was the first time we had been um, uh, we had been fasting from Eucharist, and this was the first time that we could actually um, partake together, and we were physically together. And there's just something, it just took on a new new meaning for me to be in the presence of these brothers and sisters and then yeah. to get to, to share in the Lord's um, table together. So, Yeah. 
Yeah. And that I'd love to talk a little bit about the Eucharist then. Um, and then maybe I got one more question here and we can, um, wrap it up. Um, you know, our, our tradition is, um, you know, it is, it's a, it's a difficult, some, you know, I was thinking here, like some traditions when it's like, it's time to go online, it's like no big deal. Like, you know, this is we're we were born for this. Like we already have a great stage show and, you know, it's great. So here we go. Boom. Um, the Anglican tradition, obviously, Eucharist is central to how we think about what it means to be the church. And that's an inherently embodied thing. You can't take the Eucharist virtually. You, you just can't do it. Um, now, there is such a thing as, you know, spiritual communion and all of that kind of thing. So I just wonder, how, how have you guys handled the Eucharist during the pandemic? Like, was there additional teaching you needed to do? Did you guys, you know, Todd, you mentioned fasting from Eucharist. That was obviously something that you'd have to, uh, you know, ask people to invite them into and that kind of thing. I found it interesting for our congregation because it was a teaching opportunity for us to talk about the importance of the Eucharist and what are we going to do when we can't take it like we normally do. Um, and so I just wonder how you guys approach that, um, both in terms of like teaching, but also in terms of just practicality. Did you fast from Eucharist? Did you encourage people to pray spiritual communion? Did you, um, I don't know, pre-consecrate elements? I mean, all, all those kinds of things. What, what did you guys do for Eucharist? We did a drive-through communion, <laughs> okay. um, which I, when I first heard about it, it took me a second to 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 get on board with that. <laughs> sure, but yeah. it turned out to be so important and a great connection point mm. between you know the person would stay in their car and you would yeah. offer communion. And we did something that I don't know that a lot of people did. Uh, the night before, we would take we would take elements and we would put a drop of wine on each element, and then okay. it would dry overnight. And so you were getting the wafer with the wine, yeah. and that has worked out fabulously. Uh, hmm. I've talked to so many people about, and I'd be interested to hear what are you guys planning on doing with the chalice in the future? Yeah. Because even in tincting, uh, all of the chalice thing, that is the one catch that people are, are experiencing. Yes. So I'd love to yeah. hear that. Um, I don't know what we'll end up doing, but we're going to do uh, the wine on the wafer for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Matt, how about you? What have you guys done? Sure. At the beginning, before we suspended worship during the summer, we were... Um, you know, we were doing spiritual communion. It was just because uh, we were doing Zoom worship services, and okay. that was the best thing that we were going to be able to do. And a mm -hmm. lot of, you got to remember back in the spring of 2020, New York was just a yeah, nightmare. Yeah, yeah. And our people scattered all over the country. Um, and the ones that stayed mm -hmm. here were just terrified, and they were yeah. not going to be going out anywhere. And so that yeah. lasted for months. Wow. Um, so when we got back together and launched in-person services in the fall, we have just done, you know, we've done communion, people coming forward, but we don't do the, we don't do a single loaf. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we do the wafers and shot glasses and I'm the only ones drinking out of the chalice mm -hmm. and for now, that's going to be good. I don't know when to introduce a common loaf again and a, and a common cup. Um, I don't like it. Uh, it kind of violates a lot of my theological sensibilities. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it it's better than nothing. And yeah. it's a bridge too far to ask people to drink out of a common cup right now. And even yep. in tanked. Yeah. There's no way. Yep. Yeah. Todd, how about you? 
We did a, a lamentation series during Lent, and mm. um, and we were you know, back on Zoom, looking ahead to, to Easter when it was our first time. Um, yeah, uh, it was our first time. We did a Christmas Eve service as an aside, mm-hmm. and it was Ben. Do you remember how cold it was in Indiana it was, on Christmas? It was awful. It was yeah. the coldest Christmas I ever recall. Yeah. Um, so we had kind of been together on on Christmas Eve, but Easter really was the first time that that we were back together. And so Lamentations was a great teaching series just to talk about the the many things. Um, uh, uh, among them. Uh, celebrating Eucharist together, but just the embodiedness mm-hmm. of of what we um, had before that we didn't during that season, and yeah. and um, you know casting vision to, not just towards coming back to be in person for worship, but to 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 re envision the um, the incarnational nature of what it means to be the body of of, of Christ, and and mm. so um, th- there were opportunities in Zoom teaching like. Um, you know, after a, a sermon on Lamentations to say, you know, this would be a really great time <laughs> to yeah. um, to partake together, but we can't because we're on Zoom and to use mm-hmm. those as teaching moments. Yeah. Okay. Very good. What, um, uh, maybe we can finish with this question. I think you guys have all, like I, I did want to get a sense for kind of what you guys are planning to do. And I feel like we've gotten a sense of that. You guys have talked about the ways that you're that you're gathering now. Um, so feel free to share any, uh, you know, more nuts and bolts if you feel like it's, it would be helpful for other churches and pastors to hear about. Um, but I wonder if we can end with this question, like, do you guys feel like there's anything that has changed that you feel like will probably stay changed for longer than, you know, maybe, maybe once the pandemic is kind of wrapped up, like, is anything about the way that we gather in physical space, do you have a sense that anything is going to stay changed or should stay changed? Like any anything like that uh, that comes to mind for you guys? Well, I can say that I I actually think there are a lot of advantages um, to having some Zoom meetings here and there hmm. uh, because it's easier to have some. <laughs> it's easier to have vestry meetings. Uh, it's easier to have some called meetings. Mm-hmm it's actually easier for me to do some pastoral appointments over zoom occasionally because it doesn't involve, you know, subway rides both ways. And, and you can actually get some time with folks while they're at work, they can take a break and jump on a zoom call. So there's a lot of pastoral advantages to having a a zoom meeting Mm -hmm. that I would not have entertained a year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And if I can piggyback on that, uh, we found that in uh, s- smaller group gatherings, especially uh, using um, like video content that maybe historically we, we wouldn't have, mm-hmm. um, that it was r- really effective. It kind of removed some of the obstacles, especially for, you know, it's an evening and a family with kids and you know, working around yeah. kids' schedules and stuff like that. Um, I was surprised at the amount of participation that we got in, in um and online offerings like that. And hmm. so, again, incarnational. We want people to be together. We want them to um, yeah. to be physically back in each other's presence. And yet, um, recognizing life is what it is, I do feel like we've got this resource um, that I, I imagine that we'll be leaning on into the future while recognizing it's it's not ideal. Yeah. Yeah, sort of uh, maybe what it's brought about. I hear both of you guys saying, 
that maybe we can use this technological resource to supplement, um, but not replace. It, it'll never replace, you know, being together in physical space, but, um, but it, it can supplement in some really helpful ways. Yeah. I think the thing that I will take away from this is that God really used all of the twists and turns that we've all done this mm-hmm. year. We have had membership classes that are full. We've had people show up in our parking lot that probably would not have driven by and seen us in the parking lot, but for Hmm. the pandemic. And I think that uh, being flexible and willing to try and fail or just Mm -hmm. try and, you know, be surprised at the the things that do succeed, I think that was a permission giving by the Holy Spirit to maybe broaden what I think personally about um, the church embodied and what that looks like in my context. Yeah. 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 That's really fascinating. All of this has been, uh, yeah, such a huge learning curve for all of us. (laughs) Um, Well, I, um, that's probably good enough for today. I really appreciate your time, guys. Um, Trish, Matt, Todd, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for sharing your observations, your insights. Good to be with you all. Thank you. Thanks you for the invite, everybody. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the C4SO podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Email us your thoughts and suggestions at connect at c4so.org.